Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everybody to episode 17 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast, part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts. Sean and Ryan with you as always and here to talk about what we thought was going to be uh, a lot of content, Sean, because the trade deadline was yesterday at 4 p.m. as we record here on a Thursday morning and um, very much like me on vacation, the Yankees did a whole bunch of nothing. Well, that sounds like a good vacation, but a horrible trade deadline for a team that desperately needs pitching. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was in lockdown meetings all day yesterday, but feverishly looking at my phone, and I, I think at about three o'clock, I I just kind of was like, "There's so little here. Either Cashman's pulling off the biggest move of the whole season, or we're just totally screwed." And we wound up we were just totally screwed, and. It starts on Sunday with the Stroman move. It gets exacerbated Sunday night or Monday, or Monday with the Bauer move, and then by Wednesday or just or Tuesday night, whenever Bauer got traded, who knows? Um, and then by Wednesday, it's just total and utter disappointment. And um, the Rays made moves to improve. The Astros went all in as they should. And we sat here stuck in neutral and lost CC, Sanchez, and Voight all within the last week. And it looks like LeMahieu, Didi, and Urshela are all banged up. So we did some subtracting at the deadline, but no adding. Yeah, it was it was rough. And um, and like you said, the Rays made some moves. They got Jesus Aguilar. They got um, – why am I blanking on the other name? Because it's a Ray, and even though they have – the Rays just have no names, but they're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they beat Boston again last night. But then the Astros, even before the buzzer beater at the deadline, they had grabbed Aaron Sanchez, who hasn't been fantastic, but it's the Astros, so you know they're going to turn him into uh, 2016 Zach Britton or something ridiculous. And um, and then, yeah, right at the uh, stroke of the deadline when you're like, okay, you know, some other teams added some pieces, but the Red Sox didn't do anything either. The Rays, they made some additions, but nothing crazy. And the Astros got Aaron Sanchez, but nothing huge. And then, oh, no, wait a second. They got the most, probably the most coveted available starter on the market again. 
I mean, this is 2017 all over again when uh, one of the Yankees' biggest competitions for a World Series gets Justin Verlander, and that clearly made the difference between uh, the Yankees or the Astros getting to the World Series. And look, you know, with with the Granky thing, we should probably note that Granky wasn't coming to the Yankees regardless. He didn't. It seems like he was. Uh, he had the Yankees on his no trade list. He didn't want to come to the Yankees. It was already established a while ago that Granky and the Yankees didn't think it would work in New York. So the Yankees weren't really an option. But just the fact that the Astros went out and got the most desired pitcher on the market while the Yankees did absolutely nothing. Look, if you're Brian Cashman and you're connected with all the other GMs across the league, you had to have known that the Astros and Diamondbacks were working on this deal. So that's when you're like, okay, well, I have to get something to counter this. Obviously, even if it's not going to be as good of a deal, like just go out and get Tanner Roar, get somebody, you know, and, and they just... Lance they, Lynn, baby. <laughs> Lance, seriously, just get anybody, just get a body to put in the rotation because right now it just looks like there aren't even enough enough options out there. So it was it was a huge, huge disappointment. I mean after after that you would at least have thought that they would go after Shane Green or a bullpen arm, just something something to solidify the pitching staff. And I just I I was baffled. I couldn't believe it. I've been uh, I've been pretty disconnected from the Yankees since I started this vacation on Saturday but yesterday I I watched the the whole game and I was refreshing Twitter like a madman like I do every deadline and I was just waiting for something that never came and by the time four o'clock passed I was like is this real life yeah I I mean so I think to properly talk about what happened um like you made a good point Grinky was never coming to the Yankees but at the same time, I think we need to start at the beginning of the action, which was so the first domino to fall was was Stroman, and once that happened, everything else that from there on out was because the Yankees didn't match the price for Stroman. Which even if the Yankees paid a little bit more than the Mets did, it's insane that the Yankees wouldn't pay that price for Stroman because you have them this year or next year. You're hoping Garcia becomes Stroman. Why not just move Garcia? Garcia is not helping you this year. He's probably not even going to be an option next year. And if he, you know, they'll, they'll baby him and whatnot like they always do. But either way, I, I mean, don't prospect hug. Go out. You have a chance this this season to win the World Series. Go out and, and make your move. I mean, even if it didn't work out this year, you come back next year with Stroman, Severino, Tanaka, hopefully a better Paxton. That that's a solid rotation, and you have a, sh- a shot next year to win the World Series again. So even if it didn't work out this year, it's for, it's for two years. The Mets didn't give up that much. I don't understand what the Mets are doing. I guess they're going for it, but it seems like they weren't really sure and, and made the trade. Then tried to trade Syndergaard, and Wheeler didn't. But whatever. I I mean the haul that that Cleveland got for um, for wow. Bauer was good and I don't think they were ever going to trade him to the Yankees because I think they realize if they make it to the playoffs they'll probably see the Yankees there's a good there's a good chance so I'm not sure if that was ever really realistic option Granky was never a realistic option and then not then you're work you're waiting on teams that either you're going to pay a premium for because the the Mets are the Mets and god forbid they trade with the Yankees so they wanted you know so much for Wheeler the asking price for Robbie Ray was pretty insane, and the Giants decided not to move Bumgarner. So you're left with 
bargain bin options, which I guess you've, Cashman feels like if CeCe's coming back soon and I can bullpen it, which we'll get to the bullpen, it's not bad. But just that first domino with Stroman starts this whole empty coming home empty-handed, and I don't understand why the Yankees didn't pony up for Stroman. Um, you know, he's having a, a great year. He can handle the AL East. He's showing the World Baseball Classic that he's a bulldog on the mound, um, not afraid of the big moment. And that's to me, it's really disappointing because uh, he could have been somebody that really helped the rotation get its mojo back. And, and now, and I've seen like three stories today. What are we all counting on? We're counting on Severino getting healthy and Paxton finding it again, which, I mean, that he hasn't showed me showed me anything capable of that. So we're screwed. The bullpen is gassed. I mean... Uh, Chad Green hasn't looked great lately, and neither has Roldis Chapman. So it, Yankees pitching is in a really bad spot. Yeah, saying Roldis Chapman hasn't looked great lately is an understatement. He has been lost pretty much for this month, I, I would say. Just can't find the plate. His, he's uh, been walking guys at an alarmingly high rate. You know, And it's funny because I feel like he kind of goes through a rut like this almost at this time every year and then turns it around before the playoffs, and you hope that's the case. But again, when he gets another year older, you start worrying, um, you, know, this is the, you know, this is it. This is when the decline begins because eventually that velocity is going to start to drop, and, and with his control issues, then that he suddenly becomes a much more average pitcher. And, you know, CC. They said they hope it's a couple weeks thing, but this is the second time he has to get his knee treated. So you really just don't know how that's going to keep holding up. And with Paxton, I just consider that a health issue as well. I mean, I think there's a pretty clear split of when he completely fell off and became a you know very below average pitcher, and that's when they brought him back from the IL after his knee problem, and that. God, it it just feels rushed. Maybe, maybe they brought him back too soon, considering the state of the rotation at that at that time. And uh, yeah, now and then they don't add any pieces. And I guess to I guess to try to be fair about, I'll try to justify things for standing pat at the deadline. You had a report that that the Blue Jays asked for Glaber Torres in a Marcus Stroman trade. I had seen that they wouldn't back off Debbie Garcia. That was like the last thing, which to me is they yeah. should have traded Garcia. No, Sorry. I, no, I agree. I, I think what I saw was that the Blue Jays asked for Glaber Torres, which obviously is stupid. Glaber Torres is, is untouchable. But then the Mets apparently were willing to trade him to the Yankees for Florial and Debbie Garcia, which the Yankees wouldn't do, which that one, that one I have trouble understanding. Gar, like you, like, like you said, mm-hmm. Garcia, you would imagine someone of his build and his velocity, his ceiling is literally Marcus Stroman, who, who you, you can get in his present form right now, and then just throw in Florial. Yeah, he's your best outfield prospect, but he also has been having a lot of injury problems, and even if, even if he does turn out to be great, you have a, an outfield of Stanton, Hicks, and Judge for the foreseeable future. You know, it's... I don't understand holding on to prospects that don't even have a clear future with the organization when you can get someone to help you right now. And 
this the window is right now. I mean, how at what point do you stop saying, "Oh, we're not willing to trade these guys because of their potential future?" And if you keep doing that, then there's never it's going to be hard to win a World Series considering prospects are used at most most often to trade for trades to make you better in the here and now. I mean, look at Look at the Astros. They've been willing to do that for years, and they are racking up division titles. They've already won a World Series. They look like they're poised to make another run to the World Series this year. And uh, it's 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 really frustrating to see the Yankees so unwilling to part with some of these prospects who, especially in Garcia's case, it seems like you could have been trading for the exact person you hope he becomes in the future. So right, I, and that- I don't understand it. Yeah, that that's what what's so frustrating is the window is open now. You kind of have brought in the guys that are your core from from the farm already that don't don't prospect hug, go out and get the pieces that you need to supplement this team and, and they haven't done it and that's I I mean it's really frustrating because now you're at a point where they're not spending money, right? They could have had they could have had Keuchel for nothing except money. And they lost by a million and a half dollars to the frickin' Braves. That's ridiculous. And Keuchel's been completely fine, by the way. He'd be one of the better pitchers in this rotation right now. Yeah, and and um, uh, I mean, let's not even get started on Corbin because that's just depressing. We lost out on Corbin, yeah. and I think Cashman said yesterday, like, oh, if they had gotten able to thing else, which is just insane because the Yankees pocket so much money, it's ridiculous. And uh, I, I mean. And now they're not spending prospect capital. And all I can think of is it's because they know when they bring up these prospects, they don't have to pay them too much. So, I I mean, otherwise, like, I don't understand. It's ridiculous. But the window's open, and now we're going to battle with this team. And we saw last week the flaw in this team when we went up to Fenway after getting knocked around in Minnesota and just being able to knock them around a little bit better. We go up to Fenway and lose the first three, giving up at least nine runs in every game for the first three games. It was absolutely insane. And you figured that that that's going to wake them up. But no, all it does is Sunday you win the game, but you find out Stroman's a Met. So it sucks. Yeah, that was a hideous and deflating performance at, at Fenway. Um, you know, you, you go through the first game and you kind of expect it in a way. You're like, all right, like it was a bloodbath in Minnesota. They had a, a night game for some stupid reason the night before and then had to travel to a different time zone. Um, maybe they're going to be a little flat, but then it happens again on Friday, again on Saturday, and you're like just realizing, oh, wait, they're not just tired. This entire rotation is just cooked, especially when they get put up against elite offensive teams, which despite some of the Red Sox problems this year, they're still an elite offensive team. They've got... Betts, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers has been incredible for them this year. So pretty much anytime the Yankees rotation goes up against top flight offensive teams, which will happen in the playoffs, I mean, look at what happened against the Twins and the Red Sox, two teams that um, have a good chance at, the, at making the playoffs. They got killed, and it's tough to, it's tough to have faith in a, in a series with this rotation going up against the better offensive clubs in the league, especially given how, given the sample size of them against those kind of teams so far this season. And look, I know, and, and I think, I feel like 
Cashman and the Yankees have made it kind of clear that their goal is to just win the division, make the playoffs, and everything from there is a crapshoot. But you also want to give yourself the best chance in postseason series by having a solidified rotation. And I get it. You know, you can point to 2014 where the, uh, you know, the gauntlet of a rotation by the, by the Tigers with, uh, what, Scherzer, Price, and I'm blanking on the second arm in that what was uh, a vicious the, top three. Ver, Verlander? <laughs> Did I say Verlander? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Scherzer, Verlander, Price got swept by the, what was it, the Orioles who had like Chris, mm-hmm. Chris Tillman's and something, something ridiculous. And um, so, you know, those things happen. The, the Braves rotations only won one World Series. So I get it. It's possible, and anything can it's happen. It's just not a bet you want to make. Exactly, exactly. And when you're the Yankees with th- those kind of resources, it's kind of it's kind of inexcusable. I'm really glad. I'm really glad someone, when they were talking to Cashman, brought up Corbin. I think it was Lindsey Adler. Um, I'm glad someone brought up Corbin because we talked about that a lot over the off season, and it's suddenly become even more inexcusable because Corbin's been amazing. And they just like with Keuchel, they, it just came down. It just came down to that they could have had these pieces for nothing else but money, which the Yankees obviously have more than any other franchise. And they just weren't willing to spend it, and now they're paying the price for it. And and we were talking through the weekend as the Yankees' rotation was getting absolutely obliterated. Like, well, if this is what it takes for the Yankees to realize that they have to upgrade at the rotation, then so be it. And now that is kind of meaningless also because they clearly didn't feel the same and didn't upgrade. And now they're going to go down the stretch of the regular season with a beleaguered, injured, bad rotation. And it's given what the Astros did in contrast, it's feeling like you're feeling a lot less confident about their chances to end this uh, World Series quote unquote drought since 2009. Yeah, I just, um, I mean, I felt like this year was going to be the year the drought ended. I this year has felt special, even coming off the Boston series and, you know, everything. But then the, to not do anything, it really takes a lot of steam out of the sales because it's like you had your shot and you missed it. And that was what made 2017 fun was even though they got Sonny Gray at the at the time, I mean, I was, I was supportive of the move, but they, it felt like they knew they had a shot and all right, let's go for it. And this year they did not. And that's, that's disappointing. So, I mean, he could have done a lot worse than Edwin Encarnacion as, as your trade chip, especially with the injury to Voight. But um, here we are. And, and this is what we're gonna, this is what we're stuck with. And, you know, like we've kind of just been iterating on, it's really, it pisses me off uh, for lack of better eloquence. But anyway, so Voight's hurt. Hey, yeah, we've talked about not adding pieces. Now let's talk about the, sub- the subtractions. Voight has a sports hernia, I believe. It seems mm-hmm. to be related to what happened in the London series, so probably brought back too quickly. He uh, hadn't really looked the same since he was brought back, and now this makes a lot of sense. I believe right now where we stand is the Yankees are waiting to decide if he's just going to try to play through it and take a few days off or if he's going to have surgery, which would put him out for six weeks, which means he'd be gone until mid-September and have just a couple weeks to get ready before the postseason. And 
on top of that, we've got CC missing what is said to be quote unquote a couple weeks for another knee treatment. He's got to get lubed up. Yeah, got to get lubed up. <laughs> I'm so happy. A lubrication shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've got Didi who took a nasty spill, um, fielding a ground ball. Looks like he rolled over his wrist. I stayed in the game, thank God. Then Gio Urshela tried to field that um, horrendous throw from Hicks in center field after he had made an absolutely phenomenal catch in center field, but the throw the throw not so much. Um, he lands awkwardly, looked like he had hurt his knee, but he stays in the game. So, I mean, all that's happening while the Yankees aren't doing anything with trades, and you're just like, oh, man, like what else could go wrong right now? But... But, I mean, just keeping it to Voight and CeCe, those are guys that are going to be out at least a couple weeks. Voight could be more, and um, that's that's a huge blow. Voight's been one of your most consistent offensive producers since opening day and losing him. Like you said, getting in, ha- having Encarnacion obviously proves to be pretty huge right now, but... You now now you're hoping Lemayhu comes back soon because then you can use Urshela at first if you need to or Lemayhu at first, and then you have a little more flexibility in the infield. But you know now it's been what are we on day five that um, Lemayhu hasn't played, and you start to want to like knock on Cashman's door and be like, hey, there is such thing as a ten day IL. <laughs> like, just oh, I, put him I, on I, there. I'm assuming that that he is either going on the IL tomorrow or he's playing tomorrow because I mean at that this point it's insane if he doesn't and um, with so I'm assuming you're getting Will Mayhew back on um, what's it called on Friday against the Red Sox which would be huge because without him you know with him the lineup is so much better um, I don't even know who the heck. Bravik Valera is when they brought him up. I'm like, wait, who? <laughs> apparently he had played one game this year before that. So yeah. I was like, okay. um, I guess I missed that one. But I would assume that once you get uh, LeMahieu back in the fold, they'll send Valera back down and call up. Um, what's his face? God damn it. Uh, Frazier. Oh, to, yeah. <laughs> to be the DH while you have Encarnacion play first base. I mean, there's really no reason not to bring him up. I, I mean, especially if he's DHing, what a help to the team his bat would be. Yeah, I mean, they're not trading him anymore, so yeah. <laughs> there's really no excuse. I mean, he had just gotten he, – he was going through a pretty poor stretch in AAA recently, but he went two for four mm-hmm. last night. But he's proven he can hit at the major league level. He was holding something like an 870 OPS when he was up here with the Yankees. Obviously, <laughs> obviously defense was a concern, but he he seems to be the obvious the obvious choice. And now saying yeah. now saying that we'll find out they called up Mike Ford, <laughs> but um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows at this point? Yeah, I, I mean I I assume that you 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 bring him up and then you can have your outfield of of, you know, Hicks um, Talkman and Judge, and then have Frazier as the DH, and you know that that that's quite an improvement. Yeah, and we'll go from there. But who knows? They'll they'll probably wind up just leaving Valera on the roster, activating Gardner, and then uh, that's it. That'll that'll be it. <laughs> Which is not great. But hey, how about Talkman, man? He's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about a bright side. Talkman's been. Um... 
think he's been hitting something like 430 over the last week or so. He obviously hit a big home run home run yesterday, and I mean, I don't expect him to keep up this pace, but um, but man, he's seeming like another another Cashman steal, which which is why this is so frustrating. Like Cashman clearly has an ability to make these steals of a trades where where it doesn't look like the Yankees gave up anything, which they wind up usually not. I mean, you know, Shane Green has obviously turned out to be a good a good bullpen arm in the Didi Gregorius trade. And um I think Giovanni Gallegos has turned out to turned out pretty well too in the Luke Voigt trade, but obviously that those trades seem to favor the Yankees and but you still want him to make those bigger splashes of a trade where you know you're giving up something, but you already know that you're getting something that's going to help you right now. But anyway, I mean, if if Talkman turns out to be another Cashman steal, that would uh that would be huge, especially because you know even when Gardner comes back from the IL, you're based on how much he's already played, you can probably expect some some continued regression through the end of the season as he starts to fatigue because, you know, he's he's older and he already fatigues every year in the second half of the season. So you'd probably expect that process to be a little more accelerated as he's another year older. So, you know, the Yankees don't add any pieces, but it's okay because they've got Talkman and Romine. And Urshela. I mean, dude, he's for real. Like, yeah, I, 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 think, I think we could say that that now i mean he he had his his down spiral and now he's been been crushing again it's been awesome so um yeah i i don't know i mean now that i'm looking at it would you rather have an infield that's urshela uh didi uh uh torres and then lemayhu and then just having carnacion as the dh and then just your outfield is is talkman judge and hicks yeah, I think that's the way to go at this point. Yeah. So then that doesn't leave a lot of at-bats for Clint Frazier, if that's the <laughs> way that you go. And, I mean, you can do Talkman, Guardy, or um, Maybin in that spot, I guess. They are all they all have their pluses and minuses. But, honestly, I wouldn't mind Talkman getting an extended look because he's a very good defender. He has pop. And uh, he's just – he brings a lot of good energy. Yeah, he's uh, obviously um, came up huge – Again yesterday, and I, yeah, I like uh, I like the energy he's bringing as well. And obviously, if he keeps swinging the bat the way he is, that would that would be huge. I, I would obviously go a long way in picking up the production that Luke Voigt is going to leave behind while he's hurt. So you hope Talkman can keep this up for at least another four to six weeks, or maybe it's sustainable, like like Gio Urshela has proven to be. I mean, you look at Urshela's hard hit rate and his line drive percentage, he is squaring the ball up like he was back in May. So no reason to think that this isn't for real and that Cashman just found another diamond in the rough who still plays absolutely sparkling defense with some of the plays he makes. He saved the game yesterday on that mm-hmm. on that uh, hard grounder down the third baseline that he just picked seemingly effortlessly on, on the backhand. So, you know, there are plenty of reasons to be frustrated, but at the same time, it's also important to remember how valuable Cashman has been to the team in terms of finding players like that while not really giving up anything. So obviously the Yankees farm system at the upper levels is so much 
thinner than in years past because a lot of those guys have come up to the big leagues or they were involved in trades to get make the team better or seemingly better in the Sonny Gray situation, but it's still stacked at the lower levels, and that's those just aren't as prevalent trade chips at the moment because they are not soon to be major league ready. But you know, Cashman has still done plenty of good, and I think that's important to remember right now since we're all mad at him. And and well, so uh, is, and so is the New York Post. They made a picture of him as a zombie. <laughs> well, I mean, you could do plenty of good and just still do something really wrong and, and be upset about it, which is. Which is what he did, but I mean, that's that's kind of is what it is at this point. And um, yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? But yeah, Talkman's been a steal. Romine's, I'm sorry, or Shella, oh, Romine. Although Romine was a big <laughs> hit yesterday, and Romine's been flashing some serious pop. Yeah, he Those has. baseballs are juiced as hell. Oh my god, they are. He hit it into the left field bleachers yesterday. What else do you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's judge territory. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, you, you know what? I'm just reading in the post. Mike, it was in the post. Mike Vicar. Mike Vicar <laughs> wrote an article in the post. Uh, Gardner was running and hitting, so he's hoping to be activated on Friday. So there you go. Um, Valera, Valera will go down, and Gardner will get activated, and then Lemayhu should should be should be back on Friday too. Let's hope so. so. And anyway, all right. Um, I think we've I think we've touched on everything. Um, so any any anything stand out as super positive over the last week that that you really enjoyed? I kind of enjoyed the the uh, Urshela monster game at Fenway with uh, yo. Let's let's talk about Domingo really quick because that was a big that was a, that was a big boy start for him. Yeah, he's their best. He's their best starter right now. The Yankees' best starter is uh, approaching an innings limit, <laughs> and um, we've heard that one before. Yeah, but no, um, he, he's been great. I mean, he's. I I think he's shown that a lot of the seemingly regression-related struggles he had before he went on the IL was actually just that he was hurting. So that, and, and that's encouraging. What I really liked is that he. So two starts ago, he had the he had he didn't have his curveball. He gave up the two home runs in the first inning, and he adjusted on the fly and pitched a good game against the great lineup. He struggled without his curveball. He realized that, went back to work on it, and comes out at Fenway. And although he didn't pitch a great game, he pitched a good game. Beat Chris Sale, avoided the sweep. I mean, that's that shows me two things. It's one that he's able to identify problems, which I think the Yankees don't always do, especially like. All right. Well, I'll get to this in a second, but, um, and and it shows that he's got guts, man. I mean, that that's a huge like, you know, that's that's a start that Sonny Gray gets bombed out the building in, <laughs> um, and and no Yankee could be the stopper, and he was. He held their lineup down and, and allowed the Yankees to win that game. And Urshela has a great, he plays hero ball the whole game, and it, it's a great win. And, um, yeah. Uh, maybe that DL stint will help push off those in, that innings limit. We don't know what it is, but we'll see. Yeah, Herman is uh, you. You. <laughs> it's funny to say, but at this point, I imagine him starting Game One of a postseason series. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Severino, since you know he's so close to becoming being on a mound for the third different time this year. Um, we'll see. But anyway, um, yeah. One thing, really quick, like what's. Um, 
So what what I was going to say is the, the Yankees need to you know kind of come to grips with who's who's who in the bullpen, and hopefully Boone starts to do that as the series goes on because it looks like Green doesn't have it, and it looks like Canley is pitching with a lot more confidence. So that's all I was going to say was the the Yankees should should sort of adjust there, but that's yeah, all I got. I feel, I feel like Canley's used in in higher leverage spots at, mm-hmm. already. I'm just. I was thinking about yesterday. They should have brought him in instead of Green first. But whatever. It is what it is. All right. Looking forward to anything this week. Um. I guess Lemayhu coming back if it happens. That's what I'm looking forward to. That'll be a big relief. I'm sure you're you're looking forward to that. <laughs> what about you? No, uh, I'm going to the game tomorrow night, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to go to that one, but then I forgot. Oh, I'm going on vacation that week. Little yank socks of the stadium. All right. Well, I mean, I guess that's it, right? We're looking forward to, to a couple Lemayhu and Guardy coming back, and and yank socks, and hopefully we uh, we take three out of four this time. Yeah, let's, hope let's so. just let's just sweep them out into oblivion. That would that would be nice. Have four. Oh, imagine how we'd feel on Monday if the Yankees took four games <laughs> for the Red Sox. We're like, oh, we're going to the World Series again. Forget the trade deadline. Yeah, but, it would be like the deadline never happened. And but no, that would be. That well, that would be nice at this. And hey, it's it's at the stadium, so any anything's possible. The Yankees obviously play much better there. We'll see if they're uh, if they're able to do that. And um, Porcello breaks a couple more TVs. And yeah, other than that, um, sorry everyone about the lack of trade deadline news, but we hope it's a better week for the Yankees this week. And we'll be back to talk about it next week. See you later, everybody. Let's go, Yanks.